0: This has been a great series walking through the different elements of realizing that we serve the God of second chances. And we have an opportunity to be introduced to the God of second chances. Like grace abounds from cover to cover of the Bible. And we've looked at different aspects of that. We've looked at the reality of a second chance, we've looked at receiving a second chance, we've looked at uh, how we can rest in that second chance. We've, we've looked at how ultimately we need to give second chances. Last week, that I would say was like the most excruciatingly hard uh, teaching from this series that we're, we're challenged to forgive those who hurt us, and it's kind of a, a tough action step for us. But today, we're going to look at the reality that we're supposed to be a second chance. Like, how, how can we be a second chance? And being a second chance has responsibilities as well. Galatians 6.2 says this, "...carry each other's burdens, and in this way you'll fulfill the law of Christ." Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you'll fulfill the law of Christ." We want to wrap this series up with a beautiful picture of the power of true community. Like, what does it look like when we really come together and help each other with our needs? And specifically here, what's called a burden. Some older translations of the Bible would use the word bear here. Like, bear each other's burdens. Take it as well upon Your shoulders. And we become, by doing that, by serving those around us, we become the demonstration of Jesus that is so desperately needed in our world. As one of my mentors would, used to challenge us to be Jesus with skin on, it, which is kind of a creepy-sounding thing this time of year, right? That's like a costume, right? Like, like you're gonna embody. That's kind of gross, dude. But anyway, they. Uh, what What would it look like if we literally became the second chance for those around us to observe? We walked that out, and uh, how many of you this week either you said it or you heard someone say, "I'm tired." Um, I'm tired. Maybe, okay, let's, let's phrase it this way. I'm so tired. Anybody phrase, I'm so tired. Jeff, who was playing bass up here today, came in after pulling a night shift. He's been up for over 24 hours a day. It's one of the reasons we serve coffee. And, uh, no, but seriously, like, I would be, t- I think I'd pass out at that moment, which I'll talk about in a second. There's worn out tired, because we've just overbooked ourselves, right? Like worn out tired, the Huff House constantly is in that state of tired. Uh, exhausted tired where, uh, you know, and, and this, boy, this, is, this has levels to it as well, you know. There's the I need to veg tired. Um, I get to that state. I know, I know who I am. I need to veg every once in a while to get back, like to reboot. That's like the reboot button, restart, refresh, whatever. Uh, I need a power nap tired, like a 15-minute, that, that'll do it. If you sleep over, you might be drowsy, so 15-minute max, right? You get that kind of tired. And then you have the, if I sit down, I'll go into a coma tired. <laughs> and and, and uh, this is usually the state my wife is in. And uh, so it's kind of a hilarious thing. We, we get to that place every once in a while. And uh, this is, sometimes when you get to that state, this can be maybe you could call it burnout, tired is the next step where you just like stopping everything is your 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 mode, and it's not you don't want to get to that level of tired. you just get so overwhelmed and uh well, the other day i I woke up from a nap, and uh, I woke up from a nap and saw my phone had this like message on it, this alert that uh, an Instagram, a tweet had gone out, and it was this, this picture right up here from my lovely wife took this picture of me, and it's daylight, you can see there's light and shadows, and it's the middle of the afternoon, and uh, I look a little overweight in that shot, anyway, so I was, uh, you know, the camera puts on pounds, anyway, so I'm, I'm sitting there taking a nap in the afternoon, Dana had come home from school, and I was just like, I don't know what it was. I was, I was done. Well, okay, I kind of knew what it was. Here's the deal. Dana went back to work, right, uh, in the mornings. She's an early kindergarten teacher at Mountain Meadow Elementary School. And uh, for those of you who don't know us, Dana is my, my wife. And, uh, and she usually doesn't attend service. And I really didn't know she was in service today, so she's going to, like, call me out as a liar in the middle of this because I have this phrase I know she's not going to agree with me. But anyway, they… Uh, uh, but I was sitting here in the middle of uh, the afternoon, and, and I was a little bit tired. It was, if I remember right, a Monday. And on, on Monday mornings now, uh, I come down and I help, like, get, get Jaden out the door and just some different parts of the routine I usually slept through before, right? And uh, so the, the Huff Home, we have four kids. We have fifth graders, two identical twin girls, and then we have a, a kindergartner, and all-day kindergarten, and then we have Preston, who is uh, two years old. Uh, almost three, and he's all of that. Like, he is very active. And uh, so, in in the mornings, like my tradition used to be that I would sleep, but now I'm kind of helping out a little bit more, right? That's the part that you're like, you're, you're helping? What? Anyway, but uh, so I, I feel like I'm helping a little more. And uh, you come down in the Huff Home. Uh, the mornings, let's see, what could you refer to this as? I think we're part… We are, it's, it's this tornado we call getting ready that happens. I usually would come downstairs and be more like the tornado hunters or chasers, and I would see the aftermath and kind of assess it and go, this is about an F3 today, you know, or I would hear it and go, F4, there's a lot of destruction, and it's about a mile wide, you know, right? That's kind of used to be, but now I'm kind of seeing the twist. I'm a little closer, and, uh, and it's hilarious. I mean, we're part like coach, We're part cheerleader and part um, flame-juggling machete clowns in a circus, right? That's kind of what happens in the morning. And so it kind of sounds maybe a little bit like... like this it'd be like okay 10 minutes uh, 10 minutes before we're out the door 10 minutes okay where is your backpack uh, hey you, jaden do you have your homework ready and uh, yeah, have you signed that preston put down those knives um, yeah did you make your sandwiches jaden is your lunch ready no jaden why do you not have socks on i don't want socks no you need socks on we can smell your feet from the other side of the house and then you know so then it's like where's the peanut butter and jelly dad the front door's open why is the front door open Preston's running in the street why is Preston in? he was just holding the knives oh Preston get back into the knives and then Jaden, you did you make your breakfast do you have your homework did we sign your homework right can you see this 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 happens in our house every morning, and, uh, and then the car goes, and it's like, Arr! Dana drives out. <clears throat> no, I'm just kidding. She doesn't drive like that, but she takes off, and that's uh, just Preston and me, and I'm back to like, where'd Preston go? Oh, yeah, the street, you know, and that's kind of just how it works in the morning, and uh, that's pretty closely accurate right there, except I, I spared you from most of the yelling and then you get to the the next moment of like they come home and and then during the day. So I was tired in that picture. I was like, there's something about that routine I hadn't been a part of. It's a little bit tiring. So I don't know how Dana goes right to work after that and can survive because then she's got all these like pre like early kindergarten kids in her class. I, I just don't understand, and uh, I'm not wired that way. So. So, way to go, hon. I'm proud of you. And uh, uh, then they come home. That's a whole nother experience that uh, uh, Jaden got to experience that this week as he came over to film, like this thing you'll see at the end of the day uh, for our next series. And and it's just like story time, everybody all at once. So, it just gets, you know, after that moment, I was ready for a nap. So tired. Yeah, every once in a while, I would say surely and and when i get to the tired point where i'm just like laying down for a nap like i got to a tired point cuz so i usually don't do that so every once in a while we get to that spot students nowadays and some of you are in here right students it's like you get to a spot where you get tired too i don't i don't know how you do it you're trying to keep your grades you're nowadays getting cell phones when you're like two years old and you have insurance and bills and, and you know, it's all these things kick in. As a, as, a, as a young student nowadays, there's a lot more pressures trying to be in sports, trying to keep up with all your social media and your, your uh, you, that's why you just give up Facebook, right? Isn't that what you guys have done? Anyway, so then you go to, uh, you try to hold a job eventually or get some sort of income to help you with some of those bills and uh, it's a tough deal. You have to deal with parents. That's so hard. Just kidding. Expectations, realities, hormones. And, you know, those things all, like, kick in. There's different stresses and different burdens that we need to help people around us with at all ages. And we need to be really good at serving those. And we're being challenged here, but not only here in Scripture. God understands this. In fact, there's passages like 2 Corinthians twelve nine that says, uh, it's, it's Paul teaching, uh, and he says this, he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses." in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I mean, God's not oblivious to the seasons of our life. He knows when we're weak. He knows when we're tired. He knows when we're just carrying the burden and the weight on our own shoulders, and He wants to surround us with those who can help bear that or help carry that burden with us. And uh, if we build walls up and we put masks on and we try to pretend with those who are really there to live and do life with us, then we'll miss out on something that is in God's DNA, which is deep within us because He made us. Something deep within us longs to live life transparently. As we call it, living life open, open life. Something inside of us longs for that sense of authentic, genuine community and a place where we can do life together in order to not have to fake it like we're strong and just be real. Don't be a bummer all the time, but just be real, right? So what do you tend to do when you're tired? Do you put a mask on? Do you put walls up? Do you share with those around you what your needs are? How do you handle it? How could you use the second chance you're getting from God in that moment to be a second chance for others? Because we receive a second chance to be a second chance. So back to our text, right? Galatians. This text written to this church who has had these guys named the Judaizers coming after them trying to put all of the Old Testament law back on their shoulders requiring them to do all of the regulations, 600 and some laws. They were trying to oppress them and say, no, Jesus wasn't enough. His grace, was, his grace was not sufficient for you. You need to do all these things as well. And they were burdened and they were taking on these responsibilities and they couldn't do it. And so... It's not only addressed to the Galatians church, it's addressed to other churches as well. Romans, we who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak, it says in Romans 15.1, and not to please ourselves. Each of you should please his neighbor for his good to build him up. 1 Thessalonians 5.14, so to the church of the Thessalonians, the first book, right, written in the New Testament. Ultimately, it's not the first book in the New Testament, but as time was. It was the first church that Paul started. And it says, We urge you, brothers, warn those who are idle, encourage the timid, help the weak, be patient with everyone. This tone of coming alongside those who have need exists all throughout the text of Scripture. And so today, I want us to see what we can learn from them so we can really be those who would be a second chance in the world we're in, in the place God's put us on mission within our workplace, our home, our neighborhood, our family. The first thing we need to do is we need to come alongside those who are tired. And there's a fill-in in your worship guide. If you're like that personality type that needs to write down and take home notes, I encourage you. Everything we refer to, we put the Bible passages on the bottom of it. You can like study it throughout the week. But if you're a blank filler in That's one. Come alongside those who are tired. Again, Galatians 6.2 said, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you'll fulfill the law of Christ. All these laws they're trying to put on you, no, serve others, love them, done. Serve like Christ would serve. The picture here is not taking the weight for them. It's not saying, oh, okay, back off. I got this, and you pick it up and become a crutch for the other individual, whatever their burden is, whatever their heavy weight is. It's come alongside. It's give a hand. You know, I helped uh, James and Brittany, our group's pastors, who just had a baby and moved, like within a week, crazy stuff, so I was helping move furniture yesterday. Down the steep stairs their, from their apartment to their house. And I, was, I didn't come in and say, Hey, James, I got this. Give me the couch. Throw it on my shoulder. Da-tong, da-tong, da-tong. One, I wouldn't have been able to do it. It was pretty heavy. But the other is, you know, it's just like, that's crazy. It wouldn't, give me the big chest of drawers. I got that. We've hired movers before and we've seen them like solo carry large pieces of furniture up and down houses. And you're just like, I think you are not human, you know, but they just like strap a rope around furniture, and they're like, Ugh! you know, their muscles are like ripping out and bumping into you, but it's like, I, we, I was not that yesterday. This text says, come alongside, so it's like, I'll get the top part, you go on the bottom, James. Yeah, I got that. You know, that's kind of more, right? You got to be strategic on which side you're on when you're helping people move up and down the stairs, so... It's more of a sharing the weight, not carrying the weight. And I think sometimes we don't engage needs around us because we think, if I jump into this, I'm going to carry the weight. God's not requiring you or asking you to carry somebody's weight. He's saying, lend a hand. Come alongside someone. Help them in their season of need. It says literally there in 1 Thessalonians 5.14, help the weak. Because they can do some of the lifting, just doing all the lifting is killing them. Let's help those around us. We're supposed to be a, a good neighbor. Let's not let State Farm just steal it all, right? Like a good neighbor? State Farm is there? No, we should be there for them. Number two, encourage the strong. This is the interesting one in the mix of this teaching. Maybe you could, write encourage those doing good there on the side as well. Life can just be pure tiring, but then we see in in the instructions in Galatians that some of those who get tired are the good, the people that are laboring they're tired of making a difference they're tired of showing up when others don't they're tired of giving when others do when all others do is take they're tired of seeing what is possible if if they if everybody jumped on board if everybody was all in and 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 they just get bitter towards the idol around them and the, the spirit of apathy, and, and they just want people to have a chance to follow Jesus and get mad at everybody. You've probably met some people like that. Galatians 6.9 speaks to those, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Besides the weak, the strong are those who are most susceptible to the temptation to be filled with bitterness and anger towards like those around them who aren't pitching in. They're next in line to give up. It's kind of backwards, right? Like, those in the middle have a better chance, <laughs> so, but those who are doing good on the front lines are uh, susceptible to looking around them and getting discouraged. And so one of the most important things we could do is encourage those around us doing good. Sometimes we forget to encourage them. It's like working in a, in a nursery. If you just hold the crying babies and the other ones go with no attention, what message are we communicating? especially when they become older. If you just give all your attention to the one who's throwing a fit and you give no attention to the preteen, not speaking by experience or anything, that's not throwing a fit, then you could get in trouble in your home. So it's like you just got to realize, man, we can't get bitter because those around us aren't jumping in and and, and making our vision unfulfilled. That's not… We can't get bitter at that. We need to not give up. We need to keep pursuing the vision around us, even if we're all alone. In fact, you know, we're really instructed in the Bible that we, we play to an audience of one, right? Like, what, we, what we're doing in our life is, is we're really our own, like, opponent, if you will, because it's, it's God where we should get our encouragement. We're serving God. We're not serving others' expectations. We're not, well, you know, If we could do our best, we shouldn't compare ourselves with those around us. If we want to get through this deal, if we want to last, we've got to discover that we should keep our focus on God. I don't know. Even being good can grow tiresome. But if we persist, we'll reap our desired harvest. Whose timing is it anyway? It's God's timing in that passage. The timing is never ours. It's always God. At the proper time, God will allow the harvest to come. We, our job is to not give up. Uh, the other week I talked about resting in a second chance. Very difficult in America. We don't rest well. We don't take any vacation. You know, it's that kind of a deal. Matthew eleven twenty eight come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, speaking kind of to a similar topic, right? And I will give you rest take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. We need to realize that even though we're not giving up and we're pursuing good and we need to not quit, we also need to not put such a weight and expectation on ourselves that we're burdened. It's like this double-edged sword. We could be burdened and mad, or we could be just paced. This is a life journey. We could be paced and, and uh, do life with others. I don't know. I, I, if you have the gift of helps, can I just share something? Just This is one of those interesting little asides. Um, but it's an intentional. It's in my notes, hon. Uh, that's free. I'm picking on my wife. I like my wife. She's cute. She smiles. Uh, So there's this moment where somebody well-intentioned goes to the person doing good who's about to burn out. They kind of notice the person's stressed. They're leading the charge, and they approach them, and they ask a question. Do you need any help, or can I help you with anything? Well-intentioned, they probably have in a gift assessment what would be called the gift of helps and they're offering help to the person leading the charge who's overwhelmed. Their burden needs help. They're desiring for you to bear the burden with them, to help carry the burden, right, as as this passage is leading us to. But if you say that, and the person's near just like jumping off the cliff already, you've given them another task. Now the task is to figure out how to have you help it's like one additional thing it's kind of backwards and weird they're probably in the place of not being of being on the edge of the cliff because they didn't know how to give it away in the first place so as someone with the gift of helps which many of you in this room have because i'm familiar with like you're just watched you serve the best thing to do is to pause observe and lend a hand. You know, you probably have been around these people who can just kind of tell where your need is. They can tell you're stressed or whatever, and they're like, here, I'll help. And you never had to tell them what to do. That's a huge blessing. What's your neighbor going through that you could do that? What's A family member going through where you could just… they're stressed, and you know that they journal, but they're out of paper. Hand them a journal. Hey, got this for you. I have more place to write. Whatever it is, if we could take more inventory before we ask a question like, do you need anything? Because what that does is it puts even a bigger weight on Just an interesting little observation that I want to challenge you with. Be one who would observe. That would be a gift to those around you, and it will help those finish the tasks that they're overwhelmed with. One of the reasons Open Life has such a platform in our community due to our generosity is that we've helped finish tasks. And if you have the gift of helps and you jump in and you go, here, let, let me carry that for you. I, I, I got this side. So they can get the other when they're doing this in the first place, right? And you're like, hey, uh, do you need any help? Right? <laughs> it's like, uh, do you need any help? Uh, here, here, I got this side. You, you get that. And all of a sudden it's light, right? Well, one of the reasons that, that open life has gained favor in the community is is we've seen need, we've waited until we knew we could finish, and we've grabbed a hold and we said, here, let us help. And we've just helped. We showed up at an Easter egg hunt and helped distribute eggs when one person was doing the whole city of Bonnie Lake's egg hunt (laughs) with no volunteers. You're like, dude, you're going to (laughs) die. There's thousands of people showing up to this. So it's like, you know, and now there's a bunch of people volunteering. And we saw a school in need, and we jump in and we start to serve the school, and, and, and all of a sudden the school's blessed. In fact, there's the coolest thank you note on the back table from Liberty Ridge Elementary School for the school supply give. It's a booklet during our 10-minute party today. Open it up and just read a couple of the thank yous to Open Life Church from kids who received school supplies from Liberty Ridge Elementary School. So cool. Cool on many, many levels. I love that stuff. And it's because we've just come along and done what we committed to do. We saw the need. We met it. So those who are doing good in Galatians, there's people all around us doing good. We need to help them finish. We need to be those that would come alongside That's why we don't try to launch everything ourselves. That's why we do activate. And if you've yet to be to activate, the final one uh, this fall is this afternoon from 3 to 5 at our house. If you haven't come to activate, we're introducing the whole concept of membership and the different tools we use and our culture and all that in two very succinct hours. And it is awesome. Some of you came last spring, similar content today, just a little more succinct and we think, better. And and, and it just introduces the reality that community matters in this deal right here. Community matters because we carry the burdens of those we do life with. When we're doing life with people, we know how to help them. But if we're just coming to church, we're just hearing a talk, we're going to miss some of the opportunities that are around us. Just like if you just live in your neighborhood… And you're so busy you don't know any of your neighbors. You're missing opportunities right in your neighborhood. If you just go to work and you don't know any of your coworkers, you're missing opportunities. Number 4 or number 3. Know your neighbor. Know your neighbor. You absolutely need to take the opportunity this week. Okay, remember in Romans it says each of us should please his neighbor for his good to build him up. We read that already. Here's the thought: here we're challenged by Jesus to be a great neighbor. This week is one of those days. You know, most neighborhoods there's garages. Some people park in them like us and close the garage door, and you put something on our front door. We might not see it for days, right? That type of. And so it's just the reality is we don't know our neighbors very well, right? But Halloween happens. And it's, you know, some, some, some people are like, oh, this is the devil's day. Not, that's not open life deal. We're more like, hey, here's an opportunity to actually meet those we're supposed to be praying for and reaching a- around us, right? It, it, there's one day, it's like this softball, you're just like, I'm going to hit this out of the park. You can tell I don't play baseball because I don't even know if that's how you swing. But anyway, I was like, I was like this is like an opportunity, an incredible opportunity, so we would you know, like for us, we stick a fire pit out in the driveway and crank up a bonfire. We've been doing it for years, and people in our neighborhood are like, you guys are the ones with the fire pit, right? And, and you get to meet them, and it lights up their faces. So when you meet, like, those who aren't in costume, uh, you can tell, like, who they are. You can introduce yourself. You can talk. One year I had, like, teenagers around the fire forever just hanging out. You might not be in a neighborhood like that. You might have like the long, creepy driveway nobody would visit. But I'm just like, you know, you could absolutely take this opportunity if you're in a neighborhood and you could be a blessing. Meet your neighbors. Gather some names you could begin to pray for. Introduce yourself. And you yourself with your kids can go around and meet all your neighbors. What an opportunity. It's like you're not even like weird doing it. Because if you've met, like, the new neighbor who's weird, hi, yeah, I'm, I'm your new neighbor. I baked you something. You know, like, that's creepy. But on Halloween, it's not. So you should just, like, um, if you just did that, I'm not making fun of you, but I'm just saying. It's kind of, we do that, too. That That's kind of us. We do. But we don't really have that, like, jubile in the morning prank phone call voice. Hi. You know, it's more like we just have a normal voice when we go to the door. So number four, final point here, know yourself. Know yourself. You can prevent getting to the place of giving up and becoming too burdened by knowing how to refresh yourself, knowing how to pace your life. You can understand, maybe for you, I don't know, what helps you strengthen your life. And and if you've yet to, to pursue a relationship with Jesus, then you might not know this, but if you have made that decision to follow Jesus, what, how do you strengthen yourself spiritually? Is it prayer? If you make time to read your Bible, does that strengthen you? Does it strengthen you to listen to, to Christian music or, or creative music? I know for me, if any of you notice my Spotify listening, you're like, I have no idea what kind of music you listen to. I listen, it, it, it refreshes me to listen to new music. So I listen to all kinds of stuff. You put your own life at risk if you listen to my Spotify playlist. I'm just saying, okay, anyway. Uh, movies, maybe you just, for you, you have to check out, go to a movie and that's like refreshing. Maybe you need to go out to dinner. Maybe it's a walk or a run with nobody chasing you. I don't know. Uh, maybe you go swimming. Maybe you play in the, the snow or the sun. You have to go skiing or you have to go on vacation. Maybe you need to, like, physically worship, sing. Maybe for you it's talking about Jesus with others that refreshes you. Like, that's my favorite thing to do is to talk about Jesus Over coffee, of course, with people, because it just builds, it just something, it rejuvenates my life. What I'm challenging you to do is take out your calendar, and it's one of your next steps on your connection card, but take out your calendar and make at least 10 minutes a day to refresh you. Because again, God's not instructing someone to come into your life and carry the weight. For you, from you. They're supposed to come into your life and carry the weight with you. So if you're not refreshing yourself, you're not even going to be able to lend the hand you're supposed to lend. We're all in this together. We don't want to just take the weight from you. So I want to pray for you today and encourage you. I mean, obviously, we have an opportunity to follow Jesus in our lives, And and Jesus was the ultimate carrier of burdens. He took our burdens of sin on Himself all the way to a cross. And not only that, when He was buried, He rose from the dead three days later so that you and I would know we're not condemned and that we have eternal life through Him. Then He ascended into heaven, giving us the Holy Spirit, which is the power for us to live and to be a second chance out in community. So I don't know what your appropriate response is. Maybe today it's it's making a decision to follow Jesus. But maybe it's one of those bottom 3 on the left-hand side of the back of your connection card. Maybe you need to schedule time for yourself this week and just check the box if you're going to do that. If you're going to make 10 at least 10 minutes a day to do that. Maybe you know someone who's doing good around you that you're going to make time to encourage. Or maybe you need to let this passage simmer a little longer before you know your action. Check that box, Memorize Galatians 6.2. It's like seven words. Just let that passage on the top of your handout sink in deep. So God, I thank you for the opportunity we have to to come together today and to worship you and to open up your word and and, and find opportunity to surrender our lives to you. I thank you, God, that we have the opportunity to to lift the burdens of those who are just weary around us, like they're, they're overwhelmed. And we can help them strengthen by being a help. Come alongside of them. But God, some that are doing good around us need to be encouraged. I think of all the community coalition directors and nonprofit leaders in our community and and, and just telling them they're doing a great job makes a, a huge difference. All the leaders in the food banks and, and those that are... Bur- bur- bombarded with donation requests in the local retail establishments and being able to encourage them here as we lead up towards Big Give. Lord, I just pray that you would put in somebody's heart each person here, someone that they can encourage this week that's doing good because they need to know that they're making an impact too as they lead charge towards a vision. And God, I thank you that we're a place where Not only can we gather on Sunday, but we can build relationships and become active in our faith and and be a genuine community that can discover the needs of those around us. Help us, us, Lord, to, to pursue you with others doing life together so that we can bear one another's burdens. And thank you that a relationship with you, Jesus, is free. We just choose it. We choose to follow you. And we choose to learn from you and walk in your way and enjoy the grace that you've given us. And we grow in Christ's likeness to those around us. Help us to be a great second chance. In Jesus' name, amen.